So you're under the weather, Cameron. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I just had the flu for the very first time since before COVID lockdowns. Oh, wow. I feel like that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Right I had COVID three weeks ago, and now this last week, I just had the flu. That's rough. Yeah, it was... I had forgotten what the flu was like. It's awful. Wait, did I know you had COVID? I think so. I told you. I, I think we didn't record one weekend because I was sick. Mm, I don't know if you said that. I mean, we did just find out today that you've been working at your new job for two months and neglected to tell most of your friends. I know. <laughs> You're just a very private person. I guess so. Just it didn't seem that interesting. I guess I guess not. But yeah, I was, I was sick. I feel like I started getting sick on Christmas Day, and I went in on the 26th, and they're like, yeah, something's up. was negative on all the big stuff, but they gave me antibiotic, and it did its magic, and the last day that I took it, started feeling exactly the same as I did, and that's been a couple of days, and I'm like, on the borderline, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I had, earlier in December, my wife was like getting over something, and I started getting sick. And I went to the doctor. I was like, they gave her like some antibiotics and she got fine. They're like, oh, you don't have, you don't need those. I was like, what? They're like, I've seen so many cases of COVID. It's mild this year, but you have it. <laughs> and they're like, and, and I was like, okay, are you going to test me for it? And they're like, no, actually I'm not because um, you just started showing, showing symptoms and you won't be, you won't, you won't test positive for it for a few days. And I was like, oh, okay. And they, they ran me through, and I was down for a few days. Um, it was okay. But man, this flu, oh my gosh. It, yeah, I know it's coming. I can see it, hear the train it coming. It's coming it was, around the bend. I have not, like I said, it's been years since I've had the flu because all the COVID precautions were working. Mm -hmm. And I had forgotten, like, it was actually the night after we recorded our last episode. Because during our last episode, I was like, I was like, man, there's some weird phlegm in my nose. And I kept like muting my screen to like kind of work it mm -hmm. out. And we all appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. And then um, as and then I went to bed like almost immediately because I'm like, man, I'm not feeling great. I don't know what's up. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. My body was on fire. Every joint in my entire body was screaming. And all of this is going to be a little graphic for those at home. But all that mucus had like settled in the back of my throat and it was making my throat hurt real bad. Mm -hmm. You know how that does? Yep. I woke up and I'm like, am I dying? <laughs> what is going on? <coughs> Speaking of. Um, so yeah, I I woke up and I was like, am I dying? And I tried to lay back down and like I just felt everything settle. I was like, nope. Can't lay back down. That's the worst part. It was. So we have this giant squishmallow, like like huge, like three feet tall squishmallow that lives in our living room. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you're my pillow tonight. <laughs> and I like laid up against the squishmallow and then like slept for three days. I mean, I was up a little bit here and there, um, which was mm -hmm. crappy because the next day after we recorded that was my son's birthday. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we had celebrated before. Yeah, it was probably the hibachi that did it to you. I, we've been trying to figure out what did it to me. Because I have not known anyone who got sick. Mm -hmm. It must have just been like a random bug. I caught it Lowe's or something. It gotcha. It but, hit you. Oh, man. 
I have not had the flu in years, and I do not wish to have it again. I wish I, the same for you and myself. Yeah, yeah Time absolutely. I slept like pretty much like 15-ish hours a day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, and just every time I was awake, it sucked too bad. I was like, give me more NyQuil. I just want to be asleep. Knock me out, Doc. And by Doc, I mean your wife. Yeah. yeah and by that, I mean, I mean probably yourself, because you were probably at home by yourself. I, for a lot of it, I was home by myself. And, uh, yeah, it was awful. We need to live in COVID quarantine so that I don't get it again. Yeah, let's just shut it all down again. Shut it all down. You heard it here first. Guys, get your flu shot. Because I had forgotten how awful the flu was. I did get mine, so hopefully that helps me out. Yeah, I didn't get mine, so I should have. You fool. You fool. I, I started feeling a lot better yesterday. Like, Good. just yesterday. Um, but now I am coughing so much because there's all that stuff my system's trying to vacate. Mm-hmm. And my throat now hurts from coughing. Yay. We're going to put a content warning on this episode. <laughs> it's true. For Don't get the flu, people. Chances, body stuff. Everyone's body stuff. Everyone can relate to what I'm talking about. Hey, flu, don't come on the show. Yeah. Resolution continued. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was it's fun. I, like, it's funny because my my son today was talking about how long ago his birthday seemed, but I slept for like three straight days. So the last time we recorded seems like eh, a couple days ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but it, it was a week ago. Mm-hmm. It's like that episode of uh, Spider-Man. I think there's an episode of Spider-Man where he like goes to sleep and he wakes up the next morning, but it turns out he slept like two days. Oh, yeah, when he's growing the extra arms. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the whole world has just gone crazy and everything is different in his absence. Mm-hmm. I grew two extra arms while you were asleep. <laughs> oh. See? Well, in the Spider-Man episode, doesn't he grow four extra arms? Yeah, because he becomes like an arachnid. Mm-hmm. Eight arms. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that, being sick and sleeping, um, and watching Gargoyles. Nice. It's so good. I need to give that a rewatch sometime. Oh, it's so good. It gets better with age. Um, I've recently learned kind of the pedigree of the team behind it, Greg Wiseman. Mm-hmm. And it really is no wonder that I love it so much. Well, I guess you could you could consider either 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 direction. But one of my favorite shows when we were in college and like lately was Young Justice. Uh-huh. That's Craig yeah. Wiseman. Same guy. Wow. Um, and he did the, the 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 Spider-Man cartoon everyone loves. I think it's the Spectacular Spider-Man. I think that's the one everyone loves. Yeah, I've never seen any of the Spider-Mans other than the '90s show because they are very hard to find just on the internet for a long time. But and I think. That- I do watch a lot of Spidey and his amazing friends, which is the Disney Junior one. We thought Asher was going to really get into that. We thought he would because he like watched it for a day and loved it. Mm-hmm. And then he, every time it ever came up again, he was like, no. You know, that's probably fine. There's an episode where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, tries to help the Hulk like keep his cool. Like Rhino's uh-huh. attacking and Hulk is getting mad and he's like, now, hold on, Hulk. You need to calm down and take some deep breaths. And it's like, Rhino is attacking Spidey, and Hulk has one thing, and that's his anger. And you need to just let him go so he can stop this jerk. Mm-hmm. That's true. I I, we, I haven't seen much of that one, but... It's not that great. Oh, sad. The kids love it. So many of the Spider-Man shows are so good. 
from what I've heard. Yeah. Greg mm-hmm. Wiseman. Was it Greg Wiseman? Greg Wiseman. Come on the show. You yeah. are invited. They've got a podcast called uh, Voices from the Eerie that's about our size. And I've been like, can we do a crossover? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's on just about every episode of that, even though it's like not his podcast. Uh-huh. Where they talk about gargoyles. Um, yeah. Guys, gargoyles. It's so good. You think he could get Keith David to come on the show? Yeah, he could. That's I our new goal. That. I would love talking to Keith David. Our new goal on our Boy Meets Broke podcast is to get the voice cast of gargoyles. <laughs> We're talking Commander Riker from Next Generation, Deanna Troy from Next Generation, Data from Next Generation. Apparently, all the next generations. We well, can go ahead and get um, Lavar Burton just while we're getting the next generation crew. Well, he's he's one of the voices in Gargoyles. Okay, the, perfect. And he the gets the community side too. The the big joke with uh, Gargoyles is that it's Next Generation season ten because just like so many voice actors carried over. <laughs> yeah, we could get Patrick Stewart on here. He was never in Gargoyles. I know, but I mean, we got the rest of the next generation. Yeah. I have, I did watch Patrick Stewart read um, A Christmas Carol for three Mm -hmm. minutes at a time on TikTok all Christmas. Um, He seems like a nice guy. He was. He was was very delightful and playful as he read it. And that gives us a good avenue to complete our old goal of getting George Takei on the show. Oh, yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. I don't think George Decay was ever in the Next Generation. No, but I mean, there's that Star Wars. You got that Star Wars, no, Star Trek. Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. Uh, He's never going to come on the show now. Why would he? But you got that Star Trek appeal. I bet George Decay was in an episode of Gargoyles. I'm going to look it up, <laughs> and then we'll get started. No, this is a Gargoyles podcast now. Um, also, because I kind of don't want to talk about this episode. Chance. I'm going to be honest. What else is new? That's not true. You literally say that every time. That's not true. There are certain episodes I'm really excited to talk about. Okay, yeah, LeVar Burton was on, so we can get him. Um, Michael Dorn, who played Worf, we can get him. Well, didn't even know. O'Brien was on it. Man, and Kate Mulgrew? Mulgrew? I don't know how to say her name. Well, she's never coming on now, so. She's the captain in Star Trek Voyager. Ooh, Voyager. Ooh, Uhura was on, was in Gargoyles. Oh, she passed away, though. She did. It's very sad. Ah, man, how could George Decay not have been on? Man. If we get them all on the show, we can write that wrong. We can write that We're going to come up, make an episode of Gargoyles right now featuring George Decay. (laughs) Featuring George Decay. There is an episode, and this may be a little stereotypical, so I apologize if it is. There's an episode where they go to Japan and meet a whole bunch of Japanese Gargoyles. Uh-huh. I was thinking, like, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it was the 90s. It's fair to assume that there was a lot of typecasting. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. It's typecasting. George Decay, you are always welcome on the show. Always. Always. Um, oh, my. Thank you for that invitation. George, is that you? Mr. Takei? Mr. Takei. It's me, George Takei. Were you born in San Francisco? I was born there. Wow, it's so great to meet you. Well, bye, George Takei. See you later, Jansen Cameron. He knows our names. That was him being beamed up. Ah, yeah, he would have a real transplant. Mm -hmm. What a great guy. Yeah. 
Uh, we've officially broken our recently broken record of longest uh, cold open. Brought to you by Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. And I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm confused. The lipstick. Oh, do they? Maybelline is makeup. I thought it was shampoo. No. (laughs) Maybelline is makeup. Oh. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, makeup, cosmetics, nail color. It's not shampoo? I don't believe so. My whole life, I thought Maybelline was shampoo. Are you thinking Pantene Pro-V? Well, that one too. I don't know. I don't know how to break this to you, Chance. This is a shocking revelation to have in this I thought Maybelline was hair care. I don't think I'd read I genuinely don't think it is. Wait. Hey, Google. Is there a Maybelline shampoo? I asked Google. Google knows. Apparently it doesn't. Oh, they do. They have a line of Pro... Pro natural shampoo. I just made a funny typo when I typed in shampoo, shampoo and shampoo. You're right, though. It's most known for mascara. I guess maybe technically Garnier is part of Maybelline. Maybe I always thought L'Oreal and Maybelline were the same. Maybe this is still shocking. Oh, Maybelline is owned by L'Oreal, but there's no way I knew that. No, there isn't. Maybe their advertising was always just so similar that... Maybe. Because L'Oreal is a shampoo, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. When you think of, like, the detangled, you know, like, tear-free stuff. I think Garnier is under there, too, which is, like, herbal essences and junk like that. Okay. I think that's Garnier. Maybe, maybe there's, like, a through line to, like, the way their old 90s commercials looked that made me, like, always associate the two. Maybe. Because, like, there's no way that I just... What? This is a very interesting avenue that the episode has taken. That's okay. Discussing cosmetic brands and hair care products. I just wasn't expecting it, and I like it. I just always thought Maybelline was shampoo. And I was like, oh, maybe I was thinking of L'Oreal. But there's no way that I knew Mm -hmm. those two things were linked. I mean, I I know a lot of random things that I don't know how I know, but I don't think that's... But certainly not that one. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Maybelline wasn't shampoo, but it kind of is because it's owned by L'Oreal. Yeah, it could be shampoo. Could very easily release some shampoo. But they also do lipstick, which is what I was getting at. Oh, didn't know. Though, point. if you would have asked me to name a lipstick brand. Uh, Revlon. Oh, mm. I would have said Avon. Avon, I believe, is also one. Have I told our, my Avon story? No, but I need you to right now. <laughs> Growing up, when I was like around 10 ish, mm-hmm. at once a month, I think, like an Avon sales rep would come to our house, which seems a bit much, but I guess my mom was like in it. Um, is, is Avon a multi level marketing scheme? Yeah, I think so. It's one of those. Yeah, I think so. It's like you buy their products and then you like, they convince you to throw your own party and you buy a bunch of the products, and then you try to sell them and you get other people to buy them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
Um, I think so. But it's like door-to-door makeup. But here's the thing. So my, it, they, she would come like every month. And my mom needed the house, for whatever reason, to be spotless when the Avon person came. Okay. So every time, like, when mom would get really, like, kind of, like, like intense about cleaning, I'd be like, oh, the mighty Avon lady's coming. And I would, like, break into this accent. And I'd be like, Grab all the things. The mighty Avon lady is coming. I'll hail the mighty Avon lady. Okay. And did your mother love this? I don't know. I think... I think it got me to clean so she didn't care. <laughs> but, like, that was my big joke was, like, my mom worshipped the mighty Avon lady and needed yeah. it to be spotless for her. I looked it up, and I guess in the last 15 years, Avon has been what would be considered a multi-level marketing um, business model. Ah. But before that, it was what was called direct sales, which I think is less about trying to get a bunch of people on your team to go and get <laughs> a bunch of people on their team in a pyramid way. It probably was scammy in some way. But it was less, uh, you know, your plexuses, your Lula Rose, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't remember. I just remember my mom like throwing around the idea of having like Avon parties. Yeah, there, there's probably an element of that too. Did you ever? Did your parents ever do Pampered Chef? We had a few Pampered Chef gadgets that I think an uncle or something got us. Mm-hmm. We had um, a thing that made Uncrustables before Uncrustables were a thing. Oh wow. And we had um, this, like, crank that would, like, peel and spiral an apple. Mm -hmm. We had one of those, too. You could also do potatoes. Oh, I don't think we ever did. That would be so good. Yeah, it was an apple peeler, corer, slicer. Mm -hmm. But you could all we also did it with potatoes, and then we would make, like, I mean, they were very big, but we would do, like, curly fries. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that with curly fries. It'd be, like, a a flat fry. Mm, It's, like, a big, flat, like, Mm -hmm. very... You know, like the ones you get at Arby's that you absolutely love, but like a whole potato. Yeah. Yeah. And who doesn't want that? I don't know if I do, but yeah. Okay, I do. <clears throat> put some seasoned salt on that. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta put some seasoning salt and something to give it a crust. Mm. Well, I mean, you fry it. Well, yeah, but yeah. Potatoes. Yeah, the outside. You could do like an egg. Maybe dunk it in an egg. Yeah. That egg in a flour. Mm-hmm. Don't get an egg again. And some panko. Mm. Yeah, I think it'd be good with panko or maybe just like maybe like a parmesan crust. What would be good is if you have a big long skewer and you just slide mm. it through the whole thing. Yeah. That's like fair food. Now you're now you're starting to speak my language. Now we're cooking giant now we're cooking with skewers. Skewers are great. <laughs> um but yeah, I would mock my mother for the Avon lady. That's how I know what Avon is. <laughs> All that to say. Since my mom kind of listens to this podcast now, you're welcome, Mother. Yeah. I, I have no idea why I would break into that accent. It was probably some inbred racism. I'm not going to lie. It happens. I'm getting better, people. I'm getting better. We can't help the worlds we were born into. Um, but we can change how we are today. Can we? Corey doesn't. No, but he's not a real person. <laughs> Cameron, that was meant to be a segue into the episode. And I have a theory about Philadelphia in general that we'll get to. Interesting. Based on some things that Sean says. But we'll get into that. So Chance, here we are. Episode 617, I believe. Yeah. Um, Resurrection. Why don't you give us a a 10-up? Hmm. 
Joshua is in the NICU. Corey is having problems with Topanga. Eric is choosing right this second to move out. And Tommy's there. Mm-hmm. There we are. And there you have it. And there you have it. Yeah, this one This one has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have like three, three and a half-ish storylines. Maybe even four, like a couple halves. Um, which is really interesting based on the last... There's been some episodes where we've just had one. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, a lot of times, we're guilty of having like two, but they're completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. But all of these are like happening together, layered one over the other. Um, yeah, it's it. I'm not going to talk about the structure of this episode too much, but it is an oddly structured episode. Mm-hmm. But I like it. Okay, I think I think I probably could have done with. I mean, I'm glad Tommy was there. Yes. But I could have done with less of the uh, Eric moving out stuff. Yeah. And I could have done with way less Corey. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Can, I can understand him dealing with the situation. Like, that I appreciate. The way he deals with it and the resolution of it doesn't work. Yeah, I think I think we need to talk about Corey this week instead of trying not to like we did last mm-hmm. week. Um I would characterize my reaction to this episode as kind of confusion. Okay. And maybe a little disappointment. Did it make you mad like you thought it was going to make you mad? No. Um, I'm much less misogynistic now. That's good. (laughs) I think I have, for many years... We can't help the worlds we were born into. Right? I think I have, for many years, thought, Topanga's the worst in this episode. And she isn't. But she's no. definitely not good like she was last week. Uh, I feel like this is just another example of the show kind of doing Topanga dirty. Yeah. In terms of her, her character progression. Yeah. Um, and just Corey completely not having the emotional maturity to deal with like anything. Yeah. I think there's a, a conversation to be had about Corey just in this episode that maybe is a bit favorable to Corey. But then there's also a, a conversation to be had about Corey in this episode in light of last episode, uh-huh. which casts a pretty dark shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think if you, I think if you pick up here and you don't think about anything that happened last week, you don't think about the emotional state we left Corey and Topanga in, you don't think about their argument. You're just like, I guess we're getting into it right now. We're we're doing it. We're jumping in. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, Corey is a bit more sympathetic. He needs someone to, like, help him escape, to reassure him. And it's really easy to, like, Topanga, why won't you do that for him? Um, like, just hold the dude's hand. It's not a big deal, Topanga. Um, and I, I think there's, like, a lot of sympathy there and a lot of, like, yeah, Topanga, you're treating, you're treating your boy dirty. But then I think there's a, another conversation to be had about Corey's complete delusion and self-obsession last week and like Topanga's perplexity in how to deal with him this week that changes the dynamic in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think you can take this episode in a vacuum because but, the episode doesn't even take itself in a vacuum. Yeah. Because I, I feel like most people do. In fact, until this very viewing, I think I did. I think I think so too because I think I conflated the two episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, 
as I said last week, or it's like I was thinking a lot of the things that happened in the next episode were in this episode and kind of completely forgot mm-hmm. about the last episode. So I thought Corey just acted the way he acted in the last episode for all of this one and kind of forgot about the actual things that he did in the last episode, mm-hmm. like get a stripper for his mom's baby shower and all that and stuff. Like sociopathically ruin her mom, his mom's baby shower mm-hmm. yeah. with no regard for anyone else. Yeah. Like, I just kind of forgot about those things happening. Um, yeah, because, I mean, there is something to be said. It's like when times are difficult, mm-hmm. when times are hard, and when things are uncertain, of just having somebody be there and be present. Mm-hmm. Um, because in your in your mind, you know there's a chance that it's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give Corey the benefit of the doubt there, and that he knows like things could be bad. But he doesn't necessarily want Topanga to sit there and say, hey, things could be bad. But also at the same time, this is Topanga's surrogate family. Like she's dealing with the same grief that Corey is. She's mm-hmm. dealing with the same sense of hurt that Corey is. And Corey's like, no, you just need to cater to me while she's there kind of floundering herself in mm-hmm. the midst of all of this stuff. Because her future brother-in-law is in the NICU. And her yeah. future father and mother-in-law are in just this intense state of kind of flux and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, just hold my hand. You're not the way you used to be. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely a self-obsession there of like, metaphorically, Corey isn't trying to understand what Topang is going through and hold her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like like you said, I don't think you can take this episode in a vacuum, um, despite the fact that we do. Because, like, Corey bordered on psychotic last week. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what else to say. It, it His, like, single-minded focus on this idealized version of their relationship, like, was actively hurtful to many people last week. <laughs> Alan, Amy, Topanga, like, just flagrantly, he was not in touch with reality. And in light of last week, Topanga's pleas for Corey to see reality kind of, it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. I would say like, cause like Corey's mom gets hurt. She storms off. Like she said, he's like, all right, let's go to dinner. Yeah. This like, is done. Got the baby shower out of the way. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. And like that, that kind of self obsession, not in touch with reality. Like Topanga's right. <laughs> like, like, are you hearing yourself right now? Is kind of what I hear her saying mm-hmm. in the hospital. Um, and we, in light of last week, I think it's a it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, because I feel like it adds a layer to it as well. When Corey's like, "I need you to take my hand and tell me everything's going to be okay." Yeah, and he's not meaning my baby brother in the NICU is going to be okay. I need you to tell me that you and me, the most important thing in the world, the only thing that really matters, you and I are going to be okay. And when you take my hand, that's what that tells me. So it's still like in that same space. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're just watching this episode as a tone, you're like, oh, he's talking about his brother. But it kind of mm-hmm. takes that tone a little bit of that's not actually what he's talking about. Right. He's just meaning, tell me that we're okay. You're not the way that you used to be. You've changed. Take my hand and tell me that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I 
I struggled to know what to do with this episode. Because um, I think the acting in this episode is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from Alan and Amy. Um, Eric and Tommy get a pretty good read as well. And even the three friends, I think the acting is good. I just think the placement of this episode is so strange. So bizarre and so strange. Um, well, Chance, you can't have the episode where the baby's in the NICU before the baby gets born. Yes. I or far after the time the baby's been born. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like this episode is trying to say things, even like self-referential things. Mm-hmm. But like, is doing it really badly? You like okay? So let's. I'm I'm gonna synop the episode just to get hit all the scenes real quick. Again? Yeah, like actually synop it. Double synop. Um, they're in the NICU, and um, they tell the Amy and Alan get a new doctor. The doctor tells them what's wrong with the baby. Uh, he can't assure them that the baby's gonna be okay because he doesn't know. Um, because the situation's pretty serious. Um, so they just have to wait and see. In the um, waiting room, Topanga and Corey are talking and about what we've just been talking about. Um, Corey, Topanga won't take Corey's hand and reassure him because she thinks Corey's not seeing reality. Um, then it goes to the apartment with Eric, uh, Jack and Rachel, and Tommy. And Eric's packing up. Um, it's very funny. Love their relationship. Love their mm-hmm. dynamic. Um, I do. I love it. Yeah, A plus. Um, we're we're definitely going to talk. We're definitely going to talk more about that. Um, Rachel and Jack come come in. Ask Eric why he's there. He should be, you know, where Eric doesn't want Tommy to know. But Tommy, they end up telling him that Eric has a new little brother in the hospital, and Tommy asks to go. Um, mm-hmm. They go back to the NICU, and um, Alan has gotten to know everybody in the NICU. Um, he and uh, Amy have a talk about. Joshua's name and if he's going to be okay. Um, then it cuts to the dorm room where Topanga and Angela are talking about how Topanga is handling this whole situation. And Angela says, you, right now, Corey just needs you to take his hand. Um, that's kind of the the end of that, which is a little, it's a strange scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to, I think, outside the NICU with Eric and Ryan Tommy. Or, yeah, Eric and Tommy. <clears throat> Ryan's the other one. The son of the girl that he dates. You're right. You're right, it is. Um, Eric and Tommy, and um, they're being sweet, and they're like, all right, let's go home. And so they run off, and then uh, Corey talks to Feeney about why Topanga isn't handling this correctly. And Feeney just goes, do you want to go see your baby brother? Yes. Do you want to go, me to go with you? Yes. So they go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Topanga and Corey have a fight in the waiting room across it for whatever reason. Yes, everyone is very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, about what's going on. And um, they're kind of still having the same fight that we're talking about, we were talking about earlier. Um, she says, you know, can anything help you right now? And Sean can... Um, Sean says hi to everybody, and then Topanga asks Sean to talk some sense into him, and the show makes a weird shift here, where Sean's like, this kid's going to be great, and we're going to have fun with him. Mm -hmm. And Topanga's like, what's going on? Um, And 
Uh, Alan comes out. They, Alan and Amy come out. They still don't know if the baby's going to be okay, um, but they're hopeful. Um, we cut to Eric leaving the ha- house finally, and then we cut to Alan in front of the NICU where they're taking well, the baby's away. Topanga and Sean. Oh, yes. Baby. Yeah, that's the part I was missing. I was like, I'm missing something. Yeah, and then Amy and Alan. Alan's talking to the thing. like, oh, no, did the baby make it? Mm-hmm. And then he did. Yeah, and then he did. Um, and Alan is saying a prayer for everyone who ever has to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they walk out, and then Topanga says, thank you for remembering who I was, and then makes a heart with the lipstick, which... Yeah, before it was a circle with a like a cross in the middle. Cross through it. Yeah, and Sean says the line, and then she does it to Corey. We're, we're going to talk about we're gonna talk about that here, here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything's forgiven, and Corey always knew it would be, and everything was fine. Yeah, Corey always knew it would be. The the whole like Corey, yes, darling. And then she says something, and he goes, "Of course, darling." And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> the last two episodes we went through, you do not get to do that. No, darling. Like, oh, you were the one who was tripping to paying. Yeah. Um, and then. They walk off, and Sean's like, I'm back, and walks off with them. So I greatly appreciate all of that in-depth synop. Was that just so it's all out of the way, and then we can just talk about it? Yeah, because there's lots of things I want to talk about in this episode. And I didn't want us to like feel the need to go back and be like, oh, but then there was this scene. Okay, that's fair. Because we, we, we should just always do an in-depth synop at the beginning, and then kind of talk about it. Yeah, I wanted to get it all. I wanted to get it all in there because, like, I feel like following the structure is a little weird right now. Mm-hmm. This episode and last, we'll we'll probably go back to our normal way of doing it. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> but like we'd already kind of gone through like three different scenes in the episode talking about Corey and Topanga. Yeah. So I didn't want to like I don't know I didn't want the structure to hinder us this episode. <laughs> I I hear you. I feel that. Yeah, and I feel like we've already kind of addressed sort of the central conflict of the Corey and Topanga. Yeah, but side. Can we get to the resolution? Uh-huh. Well, because they they kind of, like, we see it. Well, he's sort of like, who you used to be, like, this person who was more of a free spirit, mm-hmm. whatever. And then in when she's talking with Angela, and she's like, I remember one time I was helping Corey with a poem. Um, and I did this dance, and she, like, does the steps. Corey's um, alternative friends. Yeah, Corey's alternative friends. She's like, that's when he really realized he loved me for the first time, I think. Um, I don't know if it was right then, but maybe, maybe, whatever, yeah. you know, it's, it's how we think about the past, I guess. Yeah. I, it's not a retconning. I don't think, I think it's just no. uh rose colored glasses. Yeah. And who would remember that it was a environment assignment? Yeah. Topanga wanted to do an interpretive dance to it. She wasn't trying to help Corey with a poem. Yeah. Who would remember? We would. Well, but like if I was, almost a sophomore in college and you asked me what I did in sixth grade, I'd be like, I don't know. I made a castle. Ooh. That's about all I remember. I remember a couple other things. We don't need to get into all of that. Um, but yeah, so it's like, okay, whatever. But it's just like a very interesting callback point. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm talking about too. Like, and kind of why I wanted to get to it. Because like, so you have the surface level like, Corey has been out of touch with reality for an entire episode, like, and again, pretty destructively. But now you have this point about Topanga not being who she used to be. Which we would agree. (laughs) 
But right. I mean, people grow and change. <clears throat> people grow and change. And she hasn't been that way since she was 11. Yeah. It changed the second that they went to John Adams, honestly. Yeah. It, you, you see, like, bits of that in season two Topanga. Bits of the weird Topanga. But they definitely try to paint her as more of a spoiled rich girl with some, like, hippie roots in mm-hmm. the second season. Um, which actually liked a lot season two topanga is my favorite topanga yeah topanga is our queen in season two yeah 100 percent. um but like this whole like you aren't who you used to be thing was just very odd to me like mm-hmm. she hasn't been that since season two Corey. yeah you weren't even dating her then no like and and i guess like the whole story right is like until they were like five or six they were inseparable and then for a few years, Corey like was yeah, like, "You, I, I hate girls, mm-hmm. girls." But, eh. but like, you started dating her when she was more like the super positive rah rah cheerleader type of season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. She it's, was it's, still that. She was that like high achiever. Um, I think a more grounded, um, but still like encouraging person. Yeah, 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 and then. You know, in season, gosh, I don't even remember what she's like in season four. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying real hard. Season four is when we started to see a real phase out of her Yeah, as a character. She's just like girlfriend. She's there sometimes. Uh-huh. There sometimes. Emphasis on sometimes. Um, It's the end of season four where they go to Disney World, right? That's the end of season three. Oh, wow. What does she do in season four? Not much. She gets a haircut and then is and takes a backseat. <laughs> yeah. And then we bring her back in season five for kind of neurotic, I'm always perfect girl. Mm-hmm. And um, like actually, break up and then getting back together. I actually kind of like season five Topanga a little bit. Yeah. Um, she's not horrible. She wants 700 A's. <laughs> yeah. Does that seem like a free spirit hippie, whatever? Yeah, she's totally different. And she With has been. Days. Yeah, for a long time. This isn't, I feel like that whole you've changed, you're not who I used to be is like, uh, like when you're really hurt and you're in an argument and you just need something to say. Yeah. Like, sure, it can be real. That I'm not, I have no doubt that that's a real situation you can say to a real person and like it would apply. But it also just feels like this is a something you can just sling out. Well, it, it kind of seems mean to me. Uh huh. Like, screw all of your, you know, your traumas and your and the way our relationship has changed you and like your goals that you've been pursuing like you weren't who you were when you were 12 yeah how dare you now at 19 possibly 20 years old but the whole show including Topanga including like Feeny is like yeah yeah Topanga yeah (laughs) and at the end it's Topanga that needs to learn the lesson that Corey knew all along. Mm-hmm. While Corey's being incredibly destructive to everyone around him and like not dealing with anything in a mature way. Yeah. It's so bizarre to me. Like, yeah. Like I said, if you take their first argument, like at face value, you do want to be like, Corey, or Topanga, just hold the boy's hand. I think he's going through something right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then throughout the rest of the episode, because it's an episode about callbacks, so I feel like we have to take the past into consideration. The argument doesn't make any sense. The resolution doesn't really make any sense. 
Yeah, and I mean, you can't you can't take it on its own because the episode literally starts previously. Yeah. Like, here's the stuff that happened last time, which is important. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, this is a continued story. We're picking up where we left off. Yeah. I just dropped my pencil. I'm sorry. It's fine. Really break up the silence. Yeah. That's the people who got too comfortable. Just got scared. I'm just fiddling because I'm, I'm fiddling when I think. And I... I I don't know what to do with mm-hmm. this argument the show is having. Like, is it a meta commentary on like, hey, people are starting to miss the old Topanga? I mean, there's maybe some of that, but we don't really see her change in any way. No. Yeah, yeah, we don't. So it's not like a, we're we're retconning this and returning things back to normal in any way. Because I feel like this is the same. This is the same argument. There's an episode early on in Girl Meets World mm-hmm. where we have the same thing. Where Topanga's like, do I have I forgotten who I was? And she talks to herself in the mirror and she's dressed with the, you know, the real frizzy hair mm-hmm. and the, the same dress that you see her in in season one. Yeah. And it's always a callback to Corey's alternative friends, mm-hmm. even though she has so many great moments in seasons one and two. Yeah. So many, but we're not, we're not about those apparently. One that I will never, I guess I'm just going to reminisce about Topanga right now. Um, the seven minutes in heaven episode is one that I think about probably more than any other like person who thinks about Boy Meets World episodes thinks about. Mm, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. And the way she is in that, like with the reassuring of Corey and like the conversation they have and the self-confidence she has, but also like the real kind of nerves she has about it mm-hmm. and like the real way she can just talk about stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like amazing. Very confident, like self-assured, like knows what she's about, takes care of business, mm-hmm. um, is kind and caring about the people around her. Like, but but still, like, but still, like portrays like realistic nervousness. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think of that Topanga, and I'm like, that's the Topanga I miss. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's just the Topanga I miss. Like, do I love Corey's alternative friends and love that people reference it so often? Yeah. I think it's a classic. It's when mm-hmm. Sean got his name. Yeah. I mean, season one, Topanga is also good. Yeah. Like she's when, great. when Minkus is like, or she's like, you're betting? And he's like, yes, me versus them in a battle of wits. She's like, $165,000. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like, that's very funny. Yeah. She's great. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like the the constant callbacks to Corey's alternative friends. It's just interesting. I guess a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't know why it belongs here. Like, why is this the, the point? Yeah. Why are we bringing it back here? And why are we making Topanga the problem? Mm-hmm. Like Corey's, Topanga, problem. Corey's always the problem. This isn't a Topanga yeah. world. Girl meets world's a whole other show. And it's not even about her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that kind of is the weird thing, too. Like, I, I don't know. Like I said, we're talking this through because I'm a verbal processor and I don't know what to do with this episode. Mm-hmm. But Corey, at the end of the day, Topanga has to learn something, not Corey, which is just wild to me. Mm-hmm. Because Corey's behavior has been so destructive and not Topanga's. And, and you know what? Topanga probably does need to learn to lighten up and have an imagination again. Yeah, because, I mean, there is something to be said for, like, Sean shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, Corey's very down. It feels very somber. Sean shows up, and they just start joking. 
kind of having a good time. And she's like, Mr. Feeney, like, are you going to do something about this? And then he just like joins in mm-hmm. a little bit on the joking. He's like, I really, he's like, I really do hope like that these things that you're saying are true, which I think is good. I feel like if they had just stuck with like the whole idea of like Corey's hopeful to Panga's struggling with being hopeful mm-hmm. and just like the power of something like hope. Yeah. Like, that's totally different. Then we get this, like everything that we've talked about. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. Like the beginning argument in this episode and the last couple arguments in this episode that are going on between Corey and Topanga are very different because suddenly in the last half, it turns into like, basically Topanga needs to find hope again because she used to be such a hopeful person. Mm-hmm. And Corey is an abundance of hope. Corey's an abundance of poop. <laughs> but that is not where this starts, nor where it starts. If you bring in last episode, mm-hmm. like, cause the beginning argument in this, it is very clear that Corey is still stuck on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yet he shows no remorse for his destructive behavior, for his hurting of people, and that he and Topanga is concerned about him living in this imaginary world where no one matters but them, and that's harmful. Mm-hmm. But then we drop that argument. The, the argument morphs, and just no one in the show notices. You're not who you used to be. You're not the hopeful person. Yeah, you're not the hopeful person that you used to be or that Corey needs you to be right now. You don't put lipstick on your face and dance around. How dare you? Yeah. And I don't know. It's bizarre. It is it is a wild choice to me. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think that is why I'm having too much trouble with it. I think you you hit the nail on the head. Yes. The argument just changes suddenly. It's Mm -hmm. so abruptly. That, that's why I was confused. Because why I was confused and didn't know how I felt about this is because suddenly they're talking about one thing in the first scene. And for the rest of the episode, they're talking about something entirely different. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a murder mystery where you know something gets switched and you mm-hmm. don't realize it. Yeah. But both cups have been poisoned with Iocane powder. <clears throat> yep. But I don't have an immunity. I do. <laughs> I'm just about to pull a Vizzini, fall over dead. Oh, but you wow. know, it's like been switched out, and then the episode expects us just to go along with it. And yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, this is good. Yeah, Sean's back. We're having fun. We're having some laughs. Like, this is very good. This is very touching. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in the end, but then you're kind of like, but hold on. That's not what you were talking about at all. Yeah. And Topanga. Why does Corey just get a free pass again? Yeah. Well, and Topanga's very valid concerns about this mm-hmm. man that she's going to spend the rest of her life with. And his inability to deal with reality, which is very well noted in the last episode. Yeah. Like, we're we just, got the receipts. We're done with that. <laughs> now it's about hope. Yeah. I mean, that's very classic sitcom in general. <laughs> very classic Boy Meets World. Just like yeah. episode to episode, blank slate, reset. Yeah. You know, I almost feel like, and this is getting a little bit into conspiracy theory territory. Like, for the canon of the show. I almost feel like Topanga's with us most of the episode. Where she's like, what is happening here? What is going on? What is everyone talking about? And everyone else is acting like crazy people. Mm-hmm. Are they gaslighting Topanga? I, I don't know. And then, like, at some point, Topanga just kind of gives in. Because even even in the conversation from across the room 
Topanga says, like, you can't use our relationship to make everything else seem like it doesn't matter, which is yeah. true. You can't hide from everything by using me as an excuse. Yeah, and and I think she is very directly talking about how he hurt Morgan, his mom, uh, Alan, and Amy in the last episode. Mm-hmm. The only reason that that's not a bigger deal, that hurt, is because we got the baby came and something more important came along. But yeah. what he did was hurtful. Yeah. He showed no thought for his mother, no thought for anybody else, and no remorse for not having those thoughts about him. Yeah, but it can all just be swept under the rug because some other Matthews man comes and takes all the attention away. Yeah, but but I almost feel like no one remembers that except for Topanga. And then as Topanga's like, are you right? Suddenly her mind starts getting erased. Mm-hmm. And she starts forgetting why she was trying to give Corey a reality check in the first place. Oh, uh-huh. she's like, I am the wrong one. The universe it, it, of the show, the very fabric of Philadelphia itself is pulling her back in line. Yes. Go ahead and tell us your... Well, because when they're in, in the NICU, the three, Corey, Topanga, and Sean, and Sean is like, I left trying to find something, and there's a lot of people out there. Everyone I met out there is doing the same thing. And then I like pulled me back in. It's almost like the city of Philadelphia is this maybe the only real place or maybe the only not real place. And it's fake. But as Sean leaves trying to find something, like he gets yanked back in. He gets pulled back in. But he's like, when I was out there, everybody was looking for something. So it's almost like, is it the real world out there? Or is it is it a, a purgatory situation like we've talked about before? Um, Go with me on a thought experiment for just okay. a second. I love a good thought experiment. Everything you just said reminded me of something very specific. Okay. The early 2000s Justice League. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's an episode where Flash, Hawk Girl, and Green Lantern. Hot Girl? Yes, hot girl. <laughs> that happened so much in college. It did. I'd be like, well, hot girl is really... And they'd be like, hot girl? No, no shut up. Um, there, there is an episode where those three get sent to another dimension. Spoilers mm-hmm. for this episode of of um, Justice, Justice League. League. Um, where they meet like golden age versions of the Justice League. Um, like Tom Turbine and... Um, who was kind of like the old Adam and the green guardsman who was like mm-hmm. an old green lantern. And it's an old comic strip that John, John used to read. Um, and it turns out that this whole world was real, but it got turned into a nuclear wasteland and destroyed. But that nuclear radiation gave one kid superpowers to alter reality. So he, recreated the world in a way that it doesn't question itself Mm -hmm. so that he could relive his fantasies with all these heroes yeah and he could be a part of it and he could watch them and he could just live forever in that and i'm saying that what's happening here maybe like for a second topanga was waking up and Corey is this all-powerful being yeah who pulls her back in same with sean he's out he's in the world Mm-hmm. And this stuff happens with Corey, pulls him back in. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Corey, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's worth thinking about. 
It's worth thinking about. That is a great episode of Justice League, too, by the way. It is. It is really good. But I feel like it also kind of explains these different pocket dimensions that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, power. Basically everywhere outside of Philadelphia. You have Pottstown. You have the Speed Trap. You have wherever nobody's angel is. That's a heaven dimension. Because mm-hmm. um, these are places that are like outside of the realm of influence of Philadelphia. Possibly Corey. This, we're not going to go here. Is Corey actually... A hell lord. (laughs) Something to think about. It's something Something to think about. Is Philadelphia its own hell dimension that Corey is in charge of? Wow. Just wow. It's brilliant. I don't don't know. Well, this is going to sound completely unrelated. But I remember my wife and I were talking about QAnon. Because an old family friend of hers is like super in it. And we were like talking about it and like some things. And it's like, it feels like on these, these QAnon message boards, like people will just throw out the wildest stuff. And basically QAnon is one giant yes anding of just the wildest, most, for lack of any better term, just like batshit insane conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And it just continues to grow and continues to grow because no one ever says, well, hold on. Let's think about that. It's just constantly yes. And yes. And, and, that's our show, but just about Boy Meets World. Just about Boy Meets World. <laughs> We're just one giant yes and of trying to understand what's really happening in this world. I don't know. Like, people talk about how the continuity of the show is kind of terrible. And actually, I think we found that that's not 100% true. We actually have had to do a lot less timeline work than I thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more logic to it. Yeah, and... I mean, yes, we've had to do some weird timeline work. Don't get me wrong. Man, we've had some time travel. The night the lights went out in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. A hell lord judge that condensed yeah. two years into one. But we've I had mean, to do some. We've had, had, had to do that, but not as much as I thought. Even this episode doesn't change the history quite as much as I thought it was going to. Like the the show is actually fairly continuity consistent, um, or at least like it doesn't think about its own continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, however. One of the biggest continuity things I need to figure out for my own sanity, just watching the show under a microscope like we are, is how Topanga gets from the place she starts this episode to the place where she ends it. Because mm-hmm. it is a wild continuity swing to me. Mm-hmm. It has to be something like what you're saying, or it just feels like this community-wide gaslighting of her. Yeah. Until the point where she's just like, okay, you're, I guess you're right. Corey never it's did, me. Corey never did any of that, Topanga. You change. <laughs> yeah. Or even where it's just, it's like, no, you just need to be there for him. Which on one know. level is true. Like, yes. But on another level, he needs to be there for her. He needs to, like, listen to her and care about her. Mm-hmm. Like we said, what feels like hours ago at this point. Like, this is her family, too. Yeah. I mean, let's just, let's just throw out an example. Did Topanga leave and go to Pittsburgh? And then kind of miss the fact that she was the queen of a realm, like, lorded over by an all-powerful being, come back. And Corey made Aunt Prue to keep her there? We Maybe. never see Aunt Prue again. Well, and he, the fact that she played Juliet mm-hmm. in the movie Romeo and Juliet, and he's like, we're Romeo and Juliet. Who should appear but Juliet herself? It's like in that episode of Justice League where every time someone, like, has a question, suddenly... 
a monster is attacking mm -hmm. or a bank is being robbed. Exactly. Um, you don't have time to think of those things. So the Harrison Bergeroning of the situation, if you will. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, you know, it's something to think about. It's not an official part of the timeline. Yeah, but maybe some hidden lore. I've, I've got to figure out some reason why Topanga starts in one place and ends in another in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there are other things that happen in this episode that I think are much better than this. Yes. Maybe if we go and talk about those, we'll have a revelation. Okay. It's like Einstein and bussing tables or washing dishes or whatever. We're going to have our theory of relativity moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because on the other part of the show, um, well, we have Joshua and the, the NICU. Um, and I just feel like Amy and Alan are both really good in kind of their acting here. And I feel like the mm -hmm. story feels very real. Yeah. I'm not even going to show you go to the MVP is between Amy and Alan. This episode. 1000%. Yeah. I know who I'm leaning towards. Um, we'll get to that later, but like we see Alan come in like, well, they meet with their, their new doctor and it's just kind of mm -hmm. like, when do we get to take him home? That's season like, one people. Yeah. <laughs> we already did their sit up. Yeah. We've already done all the synopsis. Like, but when do we get to take him home? And um, the, the new doctor kind of talks about what's going on. He's a pulmonary specialist with the lungs and he has a lung infection. And so they're just treating him and they'll see how he responds. So it's going to be like 10 days of treatment and like see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and then we see like Alan come in and like he does, like you said, he knows he's like comforting and encouraging to all the people mm -hmm. in the NICU. Um, yeah. I just, I just feel like this whole, the whole NICU thing feels right. Mm -hmm. Like it feels bad because it's sad, mm -hmm. but like watching it, like I feel like every time we were in there, I was just like tears down my eyes thinking of my own experience. Mm -hmm. Where like when my my son was first born, like he like everything seemed fine. Like we got we came home from the hospital. He's born on Tuesday, came home Thursday. They're like, well, his Billy Rubin's high, which is a thing everybody has it, and it, um, but with babies, it can be especially like a sign of like infection. Um, usually it's just jaundice, um, you know, our babies are a little yellow. And so you like put them in the window or you might need to bring them under blue lights. So we had to keep bringing our kid back to the hospital every day. Um, so we brought him back on Friday and they're like, eh, it's still high, bring him back tomorrow. And we'll see, brought him back again, brought him back on Sunday. And the whole time he's just like not sleeping or not. He is sleeping. He's not waking up. He's like not eating, um, starts getting like red mottled skin all over him. Mm -hmm. um, and Sarah, my wife, is just like, really like, what's going on? And the doctor's like, it's fine, you know, let's keep bringing him in. And finally, on Sunday, she's just like, no, like we need to like do something. And so they're like, okay, bring him in. Like his, the fact that his levels are still high, like we can do what we can. And by the time we get there, he's like under the lamps for an hour and he starts developing this, like, these like black spots on his stomach and they're like, Oh, this is really, this is really bad. Um, and so they like bring in a team from a hospital from downtown Boston and they're like looking at stuff and they're like, if it had been like an hour or two later, like we don't know, like if he would have survived. Um, and he ended up having a staph infection um, and was in the NICU for a week. And so just down there in downtown Boston, like our family is thousands of miles away. Um, we obviously have some people that we know, but just feel like incredibly alone, like in this world that seems almost fake. Mm -hmm. um, 
with just babies everywhere. And you're just kind of like in this uncertain state of like, is my kid going to be okay? Mm-hmm. We're like staying at the hospital. Like they have these rooms for parents in those situations. And it's like, fortunately we could go and like hold them. He wasn't in like the incubator like Joshua is um, in this episode. He was at the beginning. Then they got where we could like go and hold him. And so we would just sit and hold him for a long time. But it's just, it's this horrible feeling. And I remember like when, <laughs> like Sunday night is when they took him down and they're like, we're taking him by ambulance. Don't follow us. Cause we're going to be going too fast. And like, just don't. So we like went to target to get like some snacks and stuff to like stay at the hospital for as long as we needed to. And we're just like walking around just completely <laughs> in this daze of like our kid that we just had isn't with us anymore right now. We're so tired. We haven't really slept honestly since like Sunday night, like a week ago, <laughs> we've like been in the hospital had this newborn, all this stuff. And nobody around us has any idea. It's just like feels surreal, but like in a bad way of just like completely lost. And like, you just see that through this and you see people that have like their different anchors. There's the Jewish man in the back. Who's like, Mm -hmm. Like he has the yarmulke and he has the, I forget what it's called. Like the prayer shawl. Yeah. The prayer shawl. There's another name for it, but I can't remember what it is. Okay. Um, He's just like doing that. And like just the community that kind of springs up while Mm -hmm. they're in there. These people just dealing with all of this stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's just, it's the wildest, it's the wildest thing Mm -hmm. that ever happens. And like every time during this episode, just like tears streaming down my cheeks as I'm just like watching it and remembering. And like, I was in that moment where it's like, is my kid going to live? Mm -hmm. Is he going to be alive? Like, will he leave with us or not? (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't know. And I feel like the episode, like for all the Cory and Topanga (laughs) whatever is happening there like this part is just like 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. and just like what it portrays and the way that it handles it is like just really good yeah i really wish they got more than two scenes Mm -hmm. well i guess they get three scenes yeah like that should have just been the episode Mm -hmm. yeah and and the community that springs up around it is it's really good that that scene with alan like knowing everybody knowing their names um is really good and you know even like on a much less serious note, um, when my dad was in the hospital last year, like we were, we, we pretty much were camped out in that hospital for three days. And there was another couple who had someone in the same wing. Um, and we just like, you know, I got to know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I got them sodas one time, like, cause I was bringing sodas up for people. Um, the, the wing we were in didn't have a um, didn't have a waiting room because of COVID. Um, but one day I was taking the stairs and saw that the wing below us had a, a had a uh, waiting room. Um, so I like found them a spot in that waiting room and then found us a spot in that waiting room. And it was just mm-hmm. like so yeah, like you just kind of do <laughs> you're stuck there with people. You get to know them, and I'm sure Nick, you it's like enhanced like a thousand times because mm-hmm. you're around all these people, um, all wanting the same thing. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. A little community community bubble forms. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like there's a lot to say, like that the episode 
<laughs> like, and now let's analyze the way they did this. Cause there's not like, it's just this genuine representation of a terrible experience. <laughs> and, um, it just does it so well. Yeah, it does it great. It's a shame I that it's mixed that with some of this other stuff. What? It's just a shame it's mixed with the other stuff that we're just mm-hmm. kind of like confused on and met about. Yeah, because they do a great job. The the whole NICU job is great. Amy does a really good job looking weak throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Like when she comes out with the doctor into the waiting room to talk to everybody, she's like kind of shaky. Yeah. The whole time, like she hasn't slept. Yeah, because I guarantee you she hasn't. She probably hasn't left that chair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Betsy Randall's acting is great. And, um, you know, Alan's great. Um, yeah. There's not much to say about that except that it's really good. Yeah. And even like the scene, like you already kind of mentioned, where Corey's talking to Feeney. And he's, well, on the one hand, he's just like, have I not loved Topanga? Or whatever. And he's just like, oh, here we go to Corey land. It's very funny. It's like, did I not bring her into my home? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, who talks like that? Yeah. Feeney's just like all of us. But then when he's like, do you want to go? Do you want me to go with you? And it's like, good Mr. Feeney. This is good yeah. Feeney. Yeah. I have no idea what use that scene served. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about that episode, that, that the episode afterwards. I'm like, I have no idea why that scene was in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I... It, it added nothing. It was great, Mr. Feeney. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have more Mr. Feeney than Corey and Topanga stuff. But yeah, it also was funny when he's like, "My assignments this week are going to be very late." And what like, else what is, else is new? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what that's there for. But again, it's like good, Mr. Feeney. Like this is him showing his mentor side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I. I if they had just cut to the hospital and Feeney had been sitting there and everything had happened the same way, no one's going to question why Mr. Feeney's yeah, there. It makes a hundred percent sense. Why Mr. Feeney. <laughs> so, so it's just like, why? Oh, well it's good. Mr. Feeney. It's like, I asked Mr. Feeney to come. You didn't even need that. He's just there. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much to say about the Eric plot that we didn't say last week. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a diabolical genius. Yeah. His like, plan to break them up i still think 100 that's why that's going on because both of them are like why are you doing this mm-hmm. but all of his interact eric's interactions with tommy are just mm-hmm. so good i just love yeah. their relationship that's like the one good scene in girl meets world it's it's good there's, when it's the call the call but there's a few it's like what the best scene of girl we're meets hard world. on girl meets world there's some episodes worth it but yeah there are many that aren't but, there are some um, but yeah it is kind of it's it's up there. Yeah, um, yeah. Just seeing Eric be a big brother mm-hmm. to Tommy, um, him calling Jack and Rachel big girl and rat mm-hmm. is very funny. Um, yeah, and just like the whole Eric where he's like, "Hey, why aren't you at the hospital?" And he goes like, Zzz! and he goes and covers Tommy's eyes. He's like, "I don't want him to know about the hospital." Yes, he's like, "Who's in the hospital?" <laughs> Yeah, it's very funny. Um, and sweet. Tommy mm-hmm. Tommy is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Love him. And he's just um, like, if he's your little brother, that means he's my little brother. Mm-hmm. And so I need I want to go see him. Mm-hmm. And then I like go see him in the hospital and <clears throat> it's just it's just good. It's very good. You're about to cry. I don't know if I am. It's just <laughs> good. It um, did sound like it though. Yeah. You were like, this is good. This is good. 
Um, yeah, Tommy is Tommy is great in this whole episode. Um, I like. I don't know if this is officially why they did it, but in my mind, this is why they did it. He calls them big girl and rat in the very first scene, and then later on, when he jumps on Eric's back, they specifically make a thing like, no, it's not that Tommy doesn't know everybody's name, so this is why he calls them that. <laughs> he knows everybody's name perfectly. Uh-huh. Bye, saying, Bye, Morgan. Bye, Mr. Feeney. Bye, Corey. Bye, Sean. Bye, Rat. Bye, Big Girl. <laughs> Bye, Big Girl. Bye, Rat. <laughs> so this is a very pointed choice. It's like he knows who Sean is. Yeah. Angela. He knows who Angela is. Yeah. It's just, I don't know if that's why they did it. In my mind, that's why they did it. Like, no, this is a choice Tommy is making. Uh-huh. He's been influenced by Eric. Yeah. He sides with Eric in this. He case. sides with Eric. Um, man, they're cute. Um, nothing much comes of it. Um, it's going to make what happens in a few episodes or maybe even next episode. I don't remember. I don't either. But we'll it's there when we get there. Yeah, it's hard. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I like how they make no mention of where Eric is going to go live, and yeah. um, that continues to be a thing <laughs> through this season. Mm-hmm. Who knows that that dang apartment? Um, yeah, it's great. It's just that dang Cory and Topanga plot line, which covers a majority of the episode. Uh huh. Um, are we are we done? I think so. I mean, at the end, I mean, then it's interesting just because Sean is like. And he's like, I'm in the hospital not too long ago. I was here. Like for a it ended pretty bad. Like, but now, like there's this life. Maybe this resurrection. The real resurrection is Sean's hope and Sean's connection returning. Well, it definitely is played that way. Like the resurrection is a different ending than the one that Chet got. Uh-huh. Um, which is is baby Joshua, Chet reincarnated. I don't think we can make that. <laughs> I hope I'm just gonna say no. <laughs> I I I don't think there's 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 enough data. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. I'm just I gonna say it. no. Um, yeah, it is odd that the title more refers to Sean than anything else. Mm, but what else is new, really? What else is new? Maybe okay. If our theory about Sean being a Justice Guild style character which i think is the episode uh-huh. um, I think they call him the justice guild yeah i think that episode is called that um if if this is it maybe Corey was on a show about sean uh, about sean's character when the nuclear apocalypse happened uh-huh. and now he's recreated it all but he's the center of it yeah, but he's not a great writer sean character who, uh-huh. there's still the sean character yeah, yeah. It's just instead of being the best friend, now he's the main character, but he's not a writer. So all of the stuff that happens to Sean still happens to Sean. <laughs> it's just like he's just along for the ride. Yeah. He, he, he suddenly he's the main character. I don't know. It makes sense. It only makes sense. But I think that's all. I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. I, this is not where I thought this episode was going to go. But I don't hate that it got there. No, like the like this podcast episode? Yes. Or, okay. With the whole possibility of Corey being a, his own hell lord. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I don't know. I'm not going to write it down officially. No, we're, we're going to look out for it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Judge Lamb and Christine are Hell Lords. That just is needed. You mean for Irene? The Irene, thank you. That is just needed for the continuity of yeah. the show. Those are those are for sure. Mm-hmm. And I suppose um, nobody's Angel's dad. It, yes, is some kind of heaven, or at least like he perhaps Abraham, and it is his bosom, uh-huh. or a god of travelers, as we established. Oh yes, yes, god of travelers. He's Abraham, Abraham's bosom. <laughs> That's the name of the diner. <laughs> right. You know why don't you know Christian coffee shops are terrible in their names? Why isn't one just named Abraham's bosom? <laughs> You'd get some real confused people coming in from that. Yeah. Those that's Christian strip clubs. <laughs> Abraham's bosom. Yep. It's just uh it's, it's way better a... than sacred grounds or holy grounds or mm-hmm. personal favorite, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bean to go. And a bean to go. Hate it. Yeah. It's like, no, thank you. Shut it down. We're done. We're done here. But when our beans are in the fire, they they don't get burned. It's the worst. It's the worst. We need There's to roast them. In there, walking around with them. Uh, maybe the real man in there was the friends we made along. Maybe. So it's tough to say. Um, but yeah, I think we're into ratings. Okay. I just I don't know. Yeah, it's a difficult one to rate. Part of the episode is stellar. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it's a puzzle. Yeah. It makes no sense. Compels me, though. I don't know. Two-thirds of the episode, in terms of the storylines, are really good. One-third of it's not. Let me do some math. I think I already know where it's going to be. Like a 6.6 repeating? That's wrong. I did a bad thing. Uh, Okay. I'm going to settle. This is really high. But I gave it a 10 for the NICU stuff. A 10 for the Eric stuff. And a six for the Corey and Topanga stuff. Okay. And so that averages out to about, a, I mean, a little above, but an 8.5. Okay. Wow. Which I feel like is very generous toward the episode, but I already gave my rationale. Wow. Um, I will not be so generous. <laughs> no. Nor do um, I you to be. I, I do love the Nikki stuff. Um, if I'm doing it like you, I guess I'd probably give that a 10 or a 9. Um, I'd give the Eric stuff like a seven, but I'd give the Corey and Topanga stuff like a three. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would kind of average out to a six-ish. Okay, that's a fair. Six, a 6.16. <laughs> do you want me to do that? The name of Corey the Hell Lord, perhaps? Uh, just so everyone knows, there's actually two translations to the Mark of the Beast. One of them is 666 and one of them is 616. Um, and we find both in ancient authorities. Uh, they both just spell Nero Kaiser uh, fin- uh, using the numerical value of uh, Hebrew letters. Interesting. Um, um, so do you want me to give it a six? Yeah. Okay. I wrote six down, not 6.16. But it'd be fun if it was 6.16. Sure would. Uh, but yeah. it's six. It's Even a six seems a little high to me. So that brings us to an average of 7.25. That may get this episode in the tournament. I mean, it's not that hard this season. It's ahead of quite a few episodes. Really? Mm-hmm. It's ahead of both of the last two we've watched. Well, yeah. This is not hard. Um, it's also ahead of And In Case I Don't See Ya. It's tied with an ode to Holden Caulfield. 
it's ahead of you're married, you're dead. It's also ahead of better than the average Corey, obviously. Obviously. Better than ahead of friendly persuasion and ahead of the season premieres, his answer, her answer. So okay. it's ahead of quite a few. Wow. What did I give uh, um, better than average Corey? Because whatever it is, just lower the point. <laughs> um, I believe yours is the 3.5. Oh, yeah. It probably is a 2.5, but don't actually lower it. Okay. Um, who do you think for MVP of this episode? I've already said it's Amir Allen. Mm-hmm. I'm in the and same just- boat. As I was watching, I was thinking it was Allen. Mm-hmm. But again, Amy is also very good. Yeah, it's hard to distinguish them. I think Alan gets it just for virtue of being in more of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think the moment when the nurse says to Sean, sorry, it's family only. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's family. Kind of like that tips it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amy gets the good speech about the name. Mm-hmm. She's also wrong about what Gabriel means, though. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's true. Joshua also doesn't mean that. So it's not like she just got them mixed up. Mm-hmm. But what can you say? Um, man, I really want to go on to a fun, a fun tangent about theophoric elements and names, but we just don't know. Who has the Um Yes. <laughs> but her little... And it's very good. And again, like... She does such a good job of acting weak in the episode, but mm-hmm. not in a bad way. Like weak, like my body just went through hell and now I'm scared to death. Yeah, I was literally cut open on a table. Mm-hmm. Um, also, time here doesn't make sense because they're like, we're going to, who knows how long they've been in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we're going to do 10 days of antibiotics and see how it happens. And they're like, his body's not responding. And then at the end, they're like, Valentine's Day. And it's like, we're probably pretty close to March at this point, at best. Yeah, I, I kind of took it as like every scene was a day. And maybe that is unfair of me. Yeah, I mean, we're the march of time. Like We've, we've progressed quite a bit. Because mm-hmm. um, they also make it seem like Sean has been gone a lot longer than mm-hmm. he was. Um, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I've been kind of thinking. I was, I was, I was kind of giving it to him like, okay, they've been in 10 days. It's kind of weird. Because I think... The time when Tommy was first helping Eric pack and the time when Tommy like closes the suitcase with his tushy. Which is a very sweet scene. It's a very sweet scene. <clears throat> um, but I really thought those were like two different occasions where t- Tommy was with Eric and mm-hmm. like we know Tommy goes with Eric once a week. Yeah. So that, I mean, that makes sense. So I, I was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, I guess I can, I can see this spread out. They just don't accomplish much when they're not on camera. Yeah. Corey and Topanga. Uh-huh. Um, and that may be being too generous, but it didn't seem outside of the realm of possibility for me. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there in this moment. Mm-hmm. It was a long time, though. And the fixation on Valentine's Day is weird. Yeah. So I'm giving it to Alan. Alan, yeah. And, and again, not nothing wrong with Amy. It's just for no, Virginia Alan thing. getting more to do. Boy meets... Joshua. just... Well, yeah, boy meets Joshua. I was going to say boy meets his brother, but Joshua also works. Mm-hmm. Boy meets Joshua. <clears throat> I like it. Um, I feel like I had another point. Maybe. And then I paused the call to cough. And then, like the cough, it was violently ejected from your body. Yeah. I don't know. If I think about it, we can talk about it next time. Yeah. 
I'm sure. I'm sure you'll remember. If you couldn't remember in that 10 seconds, you'll definitely remember in a week or more. Mm-hmm. I will I will reflect on this episode at some point later this week. Okay. Good for you. Me That's too. just how my brain works. Is there anything else? Did we get have any listener mail? I don't believe so. We had the talk last week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let me go in. Let me look. Do-do. Nope. No listener mail. Bummer. <clears throat> That's all right. We sure gave people a lot to think about. I think Meefing is sweeping the nation at this point. People are there. People are buzzing about Meefing. Yeah, no joke. I myself have been among the first people I've known to call Nuggets Nugs and to use the word Gucci as a replacement for good. And both of those things are like in the Gen Z lexicon. Wow. So we could really do this. Yeah, we can make Meefing a thing. I love it. I'm with the teens all day. Yeah, just be like, you get, you and her meefing. I do have a student who just broke up with his longtime girlfriend, so I think I could really slip it in there. Oh, and so Are you meefing anyone right now? <laughs> you meefing anyone right now, friend? He'll be like, what are you talking about? It's it's the cool new hip slide. Actually, that student's wildly inappropriate. He'll probably make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I gotta do is meet someone, get into a meef with them. Meet someone, meef someone. <laughs> meet someone, meef someone. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of any songs that have like meat in the title, like like wanting to meet someone that we could change to be meat. Meef in the middle, beneath that old Georgia sign. Yeah. Yeah, Diamond Rio, thank you. <laughs> I was I was just singing that song with my wife the other day. Baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? Except that song is terrible. No, but we just made it better. I mean, you did. You made it much better. Meef. What a great what a great word. Um. But yeah, I think that's all we got for today. Um, all right. Follow us on the social means. Yeah, we're on several of them. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram at BG World Fever. You can email us bgworldfever at gmail.com uh, if you haven't listened to Brum Meets World on Pod Meets World because it's delightful um, highly recommend it and then listen to Brum Meets World episode talking about being on the episode also uh-huh. delightful okay. um, we love Siege and TC we hope to collab with them soon mm-hmm. it'd be a good time mm-hmm. um, but that's all I've got that's all I've got So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long world, so long world.